Our scripture reading this morning is Matthew chapter 7, verses 12 through 14. Let's stand for the reading of God's word. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. This is God's word. Let's have a seat. Let's pray together as we come now to study the Bible. Let's pray. Our Father God, we thank you uh, for your word, and we pray now as we come to study it together that uh, we would see how this passage speaks to the very uh, critical and important issues of our day and of our lives and indeed of each of our hearts. We ask for the help of your Holy Spirit as we embark on this uh, endeavor in the next few moments, and we pray these things in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. I wonder what you would think would be the dominant mental picture that most people today would have about religion. I suppose there could be various options. Some might still have in their minds the church-going country people of Little House on the Prairie. Uh, Others might think of a tele-evangelist with pearly white teeth and cosmetic uh, plugs hiding a receding hairline. Many of us might think of college church. But I suspect if you asked around and talked to people today, soon enough, at one point or another, this common mental picture would emerge. Someone would talk about a mountain and how there are many different paths up it. Our passage this morning paints a different picture. These verses are apparently divided into two parts. First, there is Jesus' well-known statement, often referred to as the golden rule, that if we do to others what we would have them do to us, then this is the law and the prophets. Then comes Jesus' statement about the narrow gate. And the connection between these two parts of our passage is far from obvious. The first part of the passage seems to be saying... Uh, that in order to do what the Bible wants us to do, to keep the law and the prophets, all we need to do is to act in a way towards other people that we would have them act towards us. And this seems to be a very broad principle. Indeed, some people would say that this same principle can be found in many other religions and many other philosophies. It at least appears to be a broad principle. 
doing to others what uh, you would have that they do to you, even if this is uh, different from the far easier statement you find more commonly that we should not do to others what we would not have them do to, to us. Uh, Jesus' positive version of the golden rule, as opposed to the silver rule, I suppose you could say, that we are actually to do to others what they would do to us is more restrictive and may indeed be unique to him. However, it still seems rather different than the immediately following uh, call to choose between a narrow gate and a uh, wide gate, an easy road and a hard road, and between life and destruction. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is showing us that the narrowness of following him and his way is what actually creates the kindness, love, and generosity of action that does to others as we would have them do to us. These two things to us these days, so it seems separate, are for Jesus joined. We cannot do to others as we would have them do to us unless we enter the narrow way by the narrow gate. Now today, we think that talking of entering the narrow gate is quote-unquote exclusive and likely to lead to a lack of care for other people. Nothing could be further from the truth. If we enter through the narrow gate, then we are unable to care for other people. Now, my aim this morning is a simple one, and it is to assure us, or perhaps convince us, that the narrow way of Jesus is the way to do to others as we would have them do to us. It is the path to life. Now, uh, today instead, everyone will tell us that if we say that Jesus is the way to life, we're being narrow and exclusive and not caring for other people as they would want to be cared for. But actually, to care for other people as you want to be cared for is to follow Jesus by the narrow way. Now, it's easy to see why people find uh, these two elements of the truth hard to equate and hard to put together. One gate is marked destruction. The other is marked life. The gate marked destruction is easy to find. It's a big gate. The road that leads to it is popular. There are many on it. Gate marked life is small, and the road that it leads to it is narrow, and there are few on it. Now, the idea is not that uh, ultimately there may or may not be fewer numerically saved than not saved. Elsewhere, the Bible teaches us that the number of saved will be beyond counting. It is so vast. And Jesus, uh, when asked whether few would be saved, declined to answer, but instead told the inquirer to make sure he was saved. The same here. Enter through the narrow gate. The point is not numbers, but 
popularity, ease, and what we call going with the flow, all lead to destruction. The gate to life, that's Jesus. I am the door, he says uh, in another place. There is no other way. Now, we would prefer these days if uh, all religions led to heaven. In fact, no religion but just Jesus leads to life. There are not three gates, four gates, or no gates on a massive highway to heaven. This is a single lane path only through Jesus. And those who follow Jesus will be those who seek to do to others as they will wish that uh, they do to them. In fact, those who seek to do others as they would uh, be done uh, by need to be those who are striving to enter through the narrow gate of faith in Jesus. For the more you seek, the more you realize that you need to be found. The more you ask, the more you realize that uh, you need to receive. The more you knock, the more you realize that the door must be opened for you. You try to keep the law of the prophets, <laughs> and you find you cannot. And you seek then to enter through the gate marked life, that is faith in Jesus himself to be saved. You see, Matthew is putting together his gospel to make the point that Jesus is the king of the kingdom of God and that it is right, therefore, that this gospel of the kingdom that Jesus announced is going to go to all nations. It is the path for life for all nations. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is declaring that he is the king of the kingdom of God and describing how his interpretation of the Bible is the correct one and how it's fulfilled in him. And following this king leads to life for all who enter the narrow gate. The narrow way of Jesus leads to to life, doing unto others as we would have them do to us, and life eternal. But today, our culture has it the other way around. It says, oh, you Christians who gather together for worship around Jesus alone, you're being narrow-minded. Surely you cannot care for other people. It thinks uh, that the way to have a caring society is to broaden our doctrine. We are to accept all paths as legitimate ways up the mountain to God, and then we will have a tolerant society. The reverse is the case. Those who are most insistent on there being many different paths up the mountain, it has been proved increasingly these days, are becoming often most militantly aggressive towards anyone who happens to disagree. A politically correct thought police who want to take out a pair of scissors and cut verses 13 and 14 of chapter 7 out of their Bibles, think that by doing so, they will encourage people to tolerate each other. But what actually happens is that such relativistic tolerance can tolerate everything as long as they hold to the same ideology of relativistic tolerance. It has a broad way, but it leads not to life but to destruction. Now in terms of not doing to others as we would have them do to us, and eternally as well, according to Jesus. 
the footstep of hell resounds all along the broad way of doing to others whatever we want to do to them if they disagree with our doctrine of relativism. There's a uh, singer from uh, New York City. I I don't think she's a Christian. She may be. I just don't know. But uh, her name is Regina Spector. And she has a song called No One Laughs at God, the lyrics of which I don't entirely endorse. And some of the rest of her song catalog, I certainly don't. But some of the lyrics to this song are profound in their commentary on contemporary culture from this point of view, I I think. She sings this. No one laughs at God in a hospital. No one laughs at God in a war. No one's laughing at God when they're starving or freezing or so very poor. And then she compares all that to the chattering classes at a cocktail party, sneering at those who would talk about the narrow way. She sings, but God can be so funny at a cocktail party when listening to a good God-themed joke. You see, our society has bought into the idea permeated down from elite education at elite universities in the last 30 or 40 years. It's bought into the idea that tolerance comes from everyone believing that there are many different paths to God, if there is a God at all. But actually, the concept of tolerance was early developed by the founder of Providence, Rhode Island, Roger Williams, an unusual man, perhaps in some ways, but a Christian minister. Now, it's true, no doubt, that people who call themselves Christians have at times, I'm afraid, not fulfilled the golden rule. But those who truly follow Jesus are increasingly enabled to do so by His Spirit to love each other in the church and to love their neighbors as themselves, neighbors of whatever creed or cultural race or kind. They have a narrow way. And that way leads to life. See, here's what this means. This means that you can be extreme in your devotion to Jesus. Some philosophies are best left with only at most a mild commitment. I would rather the adherents of some philosophies were half-hearted. Because if they were consistent with their philosophy, they would act barbarously, as we are seeing in the news just this last week. But to be extreme for Jesus, to adopt the narrow way and believe in Him alone, that does not lead to unkindness. It leads to loving those around us as we would like to be loved. Our media these days is constantly telling us that the great danger is religious extremism. Do not be narrow. 
Seek the middle ground. If you must be a Christian, my friend, be mild in your devotion, uncommitted in your attentiveness at church, and moderate in your opinions about the Bible. But to be extreme for Jesus means being extremely for doing to others as you would have them do to you. I mean, look at it like this. If you're walking down a dark alley late at night in the city and you see a group of loudly talking young men stumble out of a building next to you in the wee hours, the early hours of the morning, you would be relieved to discover that they're carrying Bibles, not beer bottles. Some extremisms are good. Some narrowness is life. One, in fact, Jesus. The choice that Jesus presents here in this passage to us this morning is clear, and it is absolute, to use a word that is rarely spoken today. I was much amused to discover a couple of years ago that a, uh, at the time, and still pretty well-known politician, uh, went to one of the uh, elite universities and gave an address there. And in the middle of his address, it was said to me afterwards by the students who listened, he said this, anyone who tells you that there is anything called absolute truth is, quote, just plain wrong. Now, Jesus presents us a choice that is clear and absolute. There is no third way. There is no middle ground. There is no possibility of conglomerated syncretism of all the options in some sort of smush so that no one is offended and all ideas are equally true. According to Jesus, there is one gate and one way that leads to life. It is narrow, like a a meandering stairway up a medieval castle, which were designed so that only one person could pass at a time. You yourself must enter the narrow gate. It is a choice that cannot be left to anyone else or be decided by looking around and see who's coming along with you from your, uh, your peer group. It's your choice and your choice alone. It is narrow. It is hard. The road is not uh, downhill skiing, uh, going along with the inclinations of our natural desires to find whatever pleases us. It's like scaling a mountain, not like shooting down a water tube in a fun park. It is narrow, it is hard, but it leads to life. (laughs) 
So as Jesus comes towards the end of his Sermon on the Mount, he's beginning to call us to choose. Someone in the audience calls out, what about the law and the prophets? What about the Bible, Jesus? How do you put that all together, what you're saying? Well, Jesus has already taught that they are all fulfilled in him, the whole Old Testament, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. He's already said that. And now he says that in following him, we also will be called to follow the teaching of the law and the prophets, which is also summarized by doing to others as we would have them do to us. Other rules are negative. Don't do to others what we would not have them do to us. Jesus' rule is positive. Do to others what you would have them do to you. And is a higher rule and a higher standard that leads us to realize our need to enter through the narrow gate, knowing that we need Jesus to save us. For we cannot keep that standard. None of us can who then empowers us gradually, bit by bit, to do others as we would have them do to us. None of this religion, only Jesus. Not religion at all. And see, this narrowness, this exclusivity, is what leads us to do to others as we would have them do to us, uh, to take the gospel to all nations. All nations to uh, organize sport camps, take the gospel down the street, to treat others as we want to be treated, to be on the path to life, a life forever. Now, I want you, here's, here's what I want this morning I want you to be assured or perhaps convinced of the truth. That the narrow way, the way to Jesus, is the right way and the true way and the way that leads to people doing to others as they would have others do to them. That other ways, apparently more generous or broad, end up in destruction. They are ideologically more accepting but morally more selfish. They seek to have no disagreements among different religions or philosophies but care less for real people for whom the truth actually matters? It's the follower of Jesus who, not because he or she is better, but because of Jesus and His Spirit who aims to do to others as they would have them uh, do to them. The uh, Australian evangelist John Chapman was one time visiting America and he noticed that the car in front of him had a sign that said, honk if you love Jesus. You've seen those signs, honk if you love Jesus. And this Australian evangelist saw it and he, uh, Chapman, he proceeded to honk his horn enthusiastically. And the driver of the car in front uh, looked furious. Rather perplexed, Chapman gave what he described as the the one-way-to-Jesus sign to explain why he was honking the car. The driver of the car in front gave Chapman a different kind of one-way sign. Now, we all know, you and I, we all know that Jesus bumper stickers do not necessarily equate to Jesus' lifestyle. We all know that. But what we need 
is not less Jesus, but more Jesus. Uh, We love to be told these days that there are many different options and we can choose whichever one we want. For we think that if we say that, we're being generous. And if we say there's only one way to heaven, we're being unkind. But nothing could be further from the truth because the narrow way is the way that leads to life. For in Jesus, by his power, not religion, but Jesus, in Jesus and by his power, we are enabled to love others as we want to be loved, to do to others as we will want them to do to us. To see that as a summary of the Bible, not an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, as someone else quoted this week. Now, I know this is hard. Uh, Perhaps someone at work will say to you, I'm all for Christians, but I wish they would not insist that Jesus was the only way. That's such a narrow position to hold. Why cannot we all just live and let live and get along together and allow everyone their own path up the mountain? Perhaps you've had someone say that to you just this week. The reply to that is Jesus's. Do to others as you would have them do to you. And to do that, you need to enter through the narrow gate. For if instead we say that every path up the mountain is valid, the result is that anyone who thinks differently we will exclude and marginalize and repress as is becoming increasingly clear. We will not do to others as we want them to do to us. Only the narrow way leads to life, love, here, and life forever. It's a bit like that scene from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. You may remember that Jones has to cross over an invisible narrow bridge to where the Holy Grail is being kept. It's a narrow and hard way. And then he has to choose. And the knight says to him he chose wisely. We're all familiar, aren't we, with the idea that we have to choose. We have to choose which pew to sit in. We have to choose which person to marry. We have to choose which house to live in. We have to choose which shirt to wear on a particular day. We have to choose which university to attend. Uh, Sometimes we can choose one thing and then another thing, a certain university for undergraduate, another for postgraduate, going Shopping in the morning at one store, in the afternoon going for a walk. But we cannot be in two places at one time, walk along two bridges at one time, be two different people at one time, or serve two gods at one time. There is a fundamental choice that governs our steps throughout our lives. And there is one 
fundamental choice that we all have to face throughout our life, the narrow way or the broad way. And the broad way is so much more appealing. C.S. Lewis uh, once described how before he followed Jesus, he decided to broaden his mind. He wrote, I was soon, in the famous words, altering I believe to one does feel. And oh, the relief of it. From the tyrannous noon of revelation, I passed to the cool evening twilight of higher thought. Well, there was nothing to be obeyed and nothing to be believed except what was either comforting or exciting. But because God has revealed himself in Christ and through his word, there are truths to be believed and falsehoods to be avoided. As well as behaviors to be emulated as well as actions to be denied. Our intellectual life, what we think, as well as our moral life, is not free on the narrow way. We have to choose to go through that narrow gate and follow that narrow path. But of course, the idea that the broad way is somehow free is ridiculous. Absurd. It is not better to broaden your minds to accept lies or to broaden your actions to perform ill deeds. The Broadway claims to be life, but it leads to destruction. After all, how free is the person who does whatever they want only to find that the one thing that they cannot do is to stop doing what they have bound themselves to do by habit? How free is the person who's going along with what everyone else says? (laughs) Oh, they're all going there, then I must. How free is that? It reminds me of that scene from uh, Monty Python where Brian shouts out at the crowd of people who's been following him. Uh, He wants to... You know, he says, you are free. You can make up your own mind. You are all individuals. And then they all shout back as one in unison. We are free. We can make up our own mind. We are all individuals. See, those who are broad-minded enough to reject Jesus may well be broad-minded enough to treat other people exactly as they want, going along with the crowd. For if someone would crucify Messiah, how would they treat normal, regular guy? Normal human person? That's the broad road that leads to destruction. It, It creates societies where everyone can think whatever they want is equally true as long as it's the same as everyone else, that everyone can think whatever they want is equally true. And everyone can do whatever they want as long as it does not hurt anyone else, a doctrine that has done more actually hurt to other people than any other, in recent years at least. Why are there people in slavery, in human trafficking, in our society today? 
I'll tell you why. Because people say to themselves, it doesn't hurt other people for me to gratify my desires without realizing what it leads to, destruction for them and for themselves. A motto which is very different from the narrow way of Jesus, do to others as you would have them do to you. Instead of, I can do whatever I like as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else. Actually, a cruel passivity. Well, people watch others go off on the train to Auschwitz, saying to themselves, it's not my responsibility. We need more extremists for Jesus. For then we will have more people who are extremely devoted to doing to others as they would be done to by them. And only then. See, I I want to assure you and perhaps convince you then that the narrow way is the right path because of this sign here embedded in Matthew's gospel. Look at how such people behave. And we know not perfect, we know that we make mistakes, but because of Jesus... This is how we understand our responsibility. So every time someone says to you that Christians are narrow-minded because they insist that Jesus is the only way to life, ask them, for instance, to look at the Christian response to Hurricane Katrina. When even atheists noticed that the boots on the ground were all Christian organizations and there was not one atheistic humanitarian organization Insight. It's always been like this, you know. In the ancient world, when there was plague in the city, the Christians often stayed when everyone else fled to the country. Over the years, the Roman authorities began to realize that uh, Basically, the social welfare system for the Roman Empire was becoming the church. And they embraced Christ, seeing that these people were trying to do to others as they would have others do to them. It's a bit like a tunnel that is narrow, but opens up into a very large room. A cathedral of beauty and glory and joy and life forever. If you want to be assured or perhaps convinced that the narrow tunnel is the path to life, look at the cathedral into which it opens. And compare that with the broad road. A massive, multi-lane highway speeding over a cliff. If you want to be assured that the broad way is not the path to be on, just look at the destruction of car after car piling up at the base of the cliff. 
not caring for each other, not looking after each other, doing whatever you want as long as it doesn't hurt someone else. A pernicious doctrine that really means hurting as many people as I selfishly want as long as they're not powerful enough to insist that I stop. Instead, there is Jesus. Narrow way that leads to life. Now, I know which path I want to be on. How about you? Let's pray together. Our Father God, uh, today society around us is always telling us that uh, there are many different ways to you, many different paths to you. All religions are basically the same. And it is constantly telling us to not be uh, too devoted to whatever religion we may espouse for fear that it would lead to extremism. And when we look at the news, we understand that fear. But Father, at the same time, we know how different is Jesus. And that actually there are not many different paths up the mountain. There are many different religions that all lead nowhere. to destruction and then there is the narrow gate Jesus Father those of us who love you and follow you and have put their trust in Jesus we want to do to others as uh, we would have them do to us that is our heart's desire by your spirit you have born into us a new desire, a new set of affections to please you. It is a great comfort when we observe that, for we know that we are yours. It is a supernatural work of your Spirit. We pray that you would stir up such a desire even more. And we pray that when we fail to do to others as we would have them do to us, you would comfort us by the narrow gate that it is Jesus who saves us, his righteousness, his life that we have. And though we are sinners, we are saved sinners. And Father, we wish to pray for our society today. We pray, Father, that you would shed light on this important truth. That love for each other comes out of love from God, expressed at Calvary and discovered along the narrow way. Would you help us live in a way that evidences that? 
and would you bring many people to go through the narrow gate in these days. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.